Hey everybody, it's your pal Jay. It is time that I open the doors to Black Belt Theater. Alrighty, so look, we have talked about some great Kung Fu martial arts films to date. Uh, we've touched on a lot of great stars. Uh, Jackie Chan, The Five Deadly Venoms, uh, a.k.a. The Venom, the Venom Mob. Gordon Liu, also known as the Master Killer. Last week I introduced you to some of Jackie Chan's friends, uh, Sam Hung and Young Bao. Now, uh, I was talking with a fellow podcaster of mine. You hear him right here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Uh, Alan, of course. Uh, if you remember, he joined me a few weeks back for Drunken Master. Well, he and I, you know, we share a love of uh, films, very similar types of films, including martial arts films. And we were kind of discussing a star that I have really haven't discussed just yet. And, uh, you know, it's kind of strange that I haven't because he's considered probably next to Jackie Chan he's considered probably one of the greatest martial arts stars uh of our time of all time uh really kind of considered the one to sort of bring over those martial arts kung fu films to the US to kind of really draw our attention to what was happening over there in Hong Kong uh of course I'm speaking about the late great Bruce Lee and um so this week you know, we're going to dive into the Black Belt Theater vault. Uh, we're going to look at one of his films, but really more specifically, uh, probably just talk about uh, Bruce Lee in general, because whether you liked him or you didn't, you know, you can't deny that when you think of martial arts films, kung fu films, you know, he's probably one of the first names that you think of. So this week we're going to look at his 1972 classic, Fist of Fury, or as it was known over here, The Chinese Connection. Uh, but before we get into the film, let's just talk about Bruce Lee uh, in general. Um, you know, I'm sure you've probably seen the biopics on him, uh, read up about him online. Like I said, he, he is a martial arts icon. There is no doubt about that. So you'll know that while he was born in Hong Kong, uh, when he was a teenager, he came over here to the U.S. Uh, he tried to break in acting over here. He played Cato on the failed Green Hornet show, which was supposed to sort of be not so much a spinoff of um, the 1966 Batman series, but almost like a tie-in or almost like a compatriot kind of show to it. Uh, I believe it actually debuted. Uh, the Green Hornet and Cato actually kind of debuted or did have like a crossover with Batman and Robin. Uh, just a little sidebar on that. It's actually kind of funny because when they have the big showdown, it's Batman and the Green Hornet and it's Cato and Bruce Lee. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Bruce Lee played Cato. Wow, that was a slip right there. Uh, it was Cato facing off against Robin. And uh, the narrator's kind of pitting it like, oh, there's this big stalemate between these four gentlemen and, you know, really, Burt Ward versus Bruce Lee, that's a stalemate? I don't think so. I, I think uh, Bruce Lee is going to take out these other three guys in probably under 10 seconds. And, uh, yeah, there's no stalemate there. But... Um, you know, didn't find any success over there, uh, over here in the U.S., went back to Hong Kong, started making movies, caught the eye of Hollywood, uh, and they sort of helped co-produce uh, the legendary film, the groundbreaking film, Enter the Dragon. Um, I chose to talk about the Chinese connection instead of Enter the Dragon, really just for the content of the movie, but we'll get to that in a few seconds here. Um so like I said, I've I've talked about a lot of great martial arts stars so far. 
And, you know, I like Bruce Lee. Um, I think, you know, he's a, he's a phenomenal martial artist. I am not going to deny that. I, I think, you know, the, the things that he did were revolutionary. Um, you know, again, if you followed his story, you know that, yes, he was classically trained in, uh, one or two different styles of Wing Chun and Wing Chun Kung Fu, but, you know, he was really looking to break with tradition, to bust with tradition. You know, he wanted to introduce not just martial arts, but he really wanted to introduce uh, the beauty of his culture, uh, Chinese culture, to everybody. He felt there's absolutely no reason that anybody and everybody shouldn't partake or learn about his culture. And that included martial arts. So he was probably one of the first... Uh, you know, Asian-born martial artists that had no problem teaching anybody. He welcomed all comers, come and learn, you know, learn what I know, learn about my culture. He had no problems with it. Um, you also know that, to break with tradition, he felt that the very traditional fighting styles were just that, you know, they're relics of the past. They weren't practical. Um, you know, this this is just not how fights went. Uh, you know, he, he had, he had a reputation for being a tough guy. He didn't back down from anybody. So I am sure he had plenty of street fights, scraps, what have you, you know, so he knew, he knew what it took to defend himself, uh, against an attacker on the street. So famously he developed his own style, Jeet Kune Do. And, you know, it's really on display in his films, especially his much later films, uh, Enter the Dragon, and, of course, uh, the one that he never got to finish before his death, which was Game of Death. I mean, if you watch Game of Death and if you actually watch some of the footage that didn't make it into the film, he actually, he actually his character will talk about, he doesn't name Jeet Kune Do specifically, but he really talks about breaking with tradition and sort of how these old styles really are just that. They're a thing of the past, and they really have no practical application anymore. Um, that being said, you know, again, great martial artist. I respect the heck out of him. I enjoyed a lot of his films. He's not one of my favorite stars, though. Um, like I said, he's a star that I like, and I'm sure as I'm saying this, the, the calls and messages are going to are gonna come in telling me how crazy I am. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely in my top ten. He's definitely in my top five. But is he is he my favorite martial arts star of all time? You know, he's not. Um, that place for me is Jackie Chan. Uh, Jackie Chan is the complete picture. Great martial artist, great actor. Um, you know, he mixes humor into his movies. And if you really, really, you know, some of his films that never made it over here that you really have to dig around and find, you know, he he can do dramatic roles. Uh, you know, he's he's not just a kung fu comedian. You know, he's got some pretty decent uh, acting chops to him. You know, he's no Sir Lawrence Olivier, don't get me wrong. But, you know, he's he's a great actor where, you know... Bruce Lee, not a bad actor, but just, I, I don't know. I just felt he didn't have a whole lot of range to him. Um, you know, he was, he was serious from, you know, from the opening scenes of his films all the way to the very end. He was very serious. He might lightheartedly joke now and then, but, you know, he really kind of had one mode. Uh, and, you know, that's just really what he went with. So, 
That being said, and I'm sure the angry calls and messages are going to come in. I, I can take it. Don't worry. Let's talk briefly about Chinese Connection, uh, also known as Fist of Fury. Um, this was actually a revolutionary movie to watch because it was it was a bit of a period piece. Um, you know, it took place in, uh, at a time in China when uh, the Japanese had occupied it before the start of World War II. Um, so there's a lot of things that this, you know, it deals with racism. It deals with bigotry. Um, and it really deals with one man, Bruce Lee, standing up to all that, not backing down, you know. Again, just like he did in martial arts, you know, he bucked the status quo. He did not toe the line in this film, you know. He didn't uh, He didn't bow or subjugate himself to, you know, the Japanese occupiers. Um, you know, we see this throughout the film. Uh, Japanese martial artists coming to the Chinese martial arts school and really just belittling them putting them down, uh, calling them inferior. I believe there's actually an opening, uh, one of the opening scenes where they actually come to this, you know, martial arts school where Bruce Lee uh, had studied. And they deliver a sign that basically calls the Chinese the sick men of Asia. Um, you know, when Bruce Lee returns to this school, he finds this, you know, he is more than happy to bring the sign back because as one of the Japanese martial artists, you know, pretty much intimidated the Chinese martial artists by saying, you know, yeah, you're the sick men of, uh, sick men of Asia. And if any of you can prove me wrong, I'll gladly eat these words. Uh, Bruce Lee brings the sign back and proceeds to wipe the floor with all these Japanese students breaks the sign it's a you know it's on parchment in glass he breaks the sign pulls it down and is basically telling them go ahead and eat your words and that's really how it is is you know everybody from his fellow students to sort of the uh the police force that while they are made up of uh Chinese police officers and a Chinese inspector, they're pretty much in the pocket or under the thumb of the Japanese everybody's telling him like look don't buck the system just toe the line just you know head down eyes forward just just keep it to yourself don't let these guys get to you but you know he refuses to i mean there's that famous scene where he's strolling through um the city and he goes to a park and the guard stops him and points to a sign that says no chinese or dogs allowed you then see uh, a japanese citizen behind him uh walking with her dog and, you know, Bruce Lee has a look like, uh, hello, you know, you're telling me Chinese people and dogs can't go in, but you'll let the dogs go in. And a uh, very sort of bookish, nerdish type of uh, Japanese citizen comes over and says to him, look, if you get down on your hands and knees and bark like a dog, I'll bring you into the park. Uh, at which point, Bruce Lee pretty much beats up everybody that's within the area. And there's a famous scene of him... Um, kicking the sign off of the wall and while and while in midair breaking it in half um you know this scene is pretty climactic uh in the fact that you know he has a big showdown at the school uh he goes there undercover playing uh, a telephone repairman uh you know apparently there was something wrong with the phones that he rigged beforehand uh he does that to break into the school to sort of spy on them uh and then you know he does come back uh and pretty much takes care of the students uh the master there the japanese have had enough um they 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 want blood um 
he's hiding out in the school, his, his martial arts school. He's looking to sort of, you know, his, his compatriots have convinced him like, look, we've suffered enough. You, you need to go. And he agrees. He's going to be smuggled out. Uh, I think they said to Shanghai perhaps, uh, before he goes though, they, the Chinese inspector learns that he's there, comes in and implores him, look, just give yourself up. There'll be no more trouble. You know, come on out with me. Uh, everything will be fine. Um, you know, Bruce Lee realizes, like, okay, I'm cornered. I have nowhere to go. I don't want my friend suffering for me anymore. He gives himself up. And there's that famous climactic scene where he exits the school and he sees um, pretty much the military lined up out there, rifles pointing at him. You know, and he knows. He knows that it's a setup. He knows he's going down. And he refuses to go down without a fight. And it's that climactic scene where he he rushes towards them and uh you know with his famous yell uh performs a, a flying kick and uh the frame freezes on that of him you know just snarling you know just just anger and hate you know for all the things that were being done to his people um it freezes on that and you hear the sounds of gunfire and the movie ends um if you haven't seen this film, it is a classic film. Like I said, he, you know, Bruce Lee made some classic, classic films. Again, in terms of acting and really sort of his flexibility with his acting, I can't really put him up there with greats like Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung, uh, Gordon Liu. Um, I just felt he, he just didn't have the same range as he did. As, as those gentlemen did. Uh, again, great martial artist. I will never take that away from him. I enjoyed his films greatly growing up. But, you know, again, he is in my top five, but he's not my number one guy. And I'm sure there's people out there that will either agree or disagree with me. And that's absolutely fine. All righty. So I'm going to close the doors on Black Belt Theater. I'm going to seal up my vault until next week, where we'll be discussing another great martial arts classic. I guess it's that time of the program where I give out some plugs. Uh, of course, you could find me here always uh, on Stuff You Don't Need to Know, day in and day out. Uh, I drop content on you along with my friends, Pete, John, and Alan. Just keep it tuned here week in and week out. Uh, speaking of Alan here on Stuff You Don't Need to Know, uh, he does uh, an office segment. And he was very lucky. He actually found a former cameraman that used to work on the office who, oddly enough, his name is Alan as well. What a coincidence. Uh, so he actually has begun to interview this former cameraman from the office to kind of get his inside take on what went down uh, during all these episodes or, you know, these office shenanigans. Um, you can find my friends Alan and John on their podcast, Nerd and Me. Uh, they do two shows a week now. They do the Weekend Geek, all the geeky news that's fit to print. They'll bring it to you. Uh, of course, you can find me and my friend Pete uh, on our podcast, Enter the Nerd Zone. Uh, we just had a great one on wrestling rivalries, and we are gearing up to discuss the Rocky saga, all five, rock, six Rocky films. Sorry, I kind of tend to leave Rocky Five out. I forget that movie ever even happened. Uh, and, of course, Pete and John have their own podcast, uh, Fat Guys in Little Coats. It is a great travel podcast. Tales, uh, their tales on the road, uh, all the road trips they've taken, great recommendations from the places that they have went to. Uh, you, listen, you can't go wrong listening to any of our to – listen to, listening to any of us. You could probably go wrong listening to me because sometimes I get tongue-tied. But that's a separate thing. But seriously, uh, keep it tuned here to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. Uh, you know, listen to our other podcasts. Uh, I know you will enjoy it. This is Jay signing out.